Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world, we round the net. So get ready and get set. Cause we make it look easy, no sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Welcome to episode 77 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. Wee, wee. Your inner geek, or at least half your inner geek, was at Protospiel this weekend. This past weekend. <laughs> and how did that go? That was awesome. Uh, as always, I always love going to Protospiel events, so uh, not really surprising there, but... Uh, I met some cool people. I met some other podcasters. Got to check out a couple of podcasts. They're I, how ne- far ahead of us are they on the popularity scale? Do they rank? <laughs> well, on see, they're lists? Uh, they. When I talked to them, they had just released their fifth episode, so I'm assuming pretty high. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna. That's one of my goals. Is uh, I think. Met two other podcasters. I want to check them out, and at least one of them uh, may be coming on the network. We'll see. Bring them to the dark side. I mean, Bring the United up, Geek yeah, Network. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll see. Uh, so that'll be cool if we if we do. Uh, I got to give them a listen and talk to them some more. So, and of course, I played lots of cool games. Uh, gave lots of feedback. Got some feedback. Prison Life did not make it to the table. Sad. It was uh, my most popular. Like most interested in game on the site, but uh, never got broken out. It's pretty busy. A lot, a lot of people playing games and stuff. So my new, my trick taker, that got a lot of play, and that was cool. So I got some really good feedback, but I also got some, I got some things I've already changed that I wanted to change. But I also got to hear things like my new favorite trick taker, definitely in my top five. This game is very polished, and it's like it was—it's less than a month old. So, mm-hmm. to hear stuff like that is kind of cool, especially since I added the abilities to the suits like the week before I went, or something like that. Like that is all brand new material, and there's like fourteen abilities. So you figure somewhere in there you got to break something, right? <laughs> you add that add that many options while you're playing. Well, give me a shot at it, and I'll I'll break it for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, like I told you earlier, I met Keith, so the designer of Role Player. Got to see the uh, expansion. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to play it. Our schedules kind of got mixed up on Saturday, where we weren't around at at the same time. But spent a lot of time with him Friday night, hanging out with him, and hung out with him a little bit on Sunday as well, or not even Saturday as well. So that was cool. Yeah, he's a cool guy. So that was pretty much Proto Spiel. 
Cool. Looking forward to the next one, although it's going to be a while before I go to another one. <laughs> I'll be at Protospiel Madison, which is like early December. So that's the next one on my on my list. But in June, I recently got asked if I would guest judge at uh, Connecticut Festival of Indie Games. So cool. I'm going to go do that. Originally, I was going to potentially turn it down because it's like a one-day event. So I was like, eh, for one day, I don't know if it's worth the travel time and all that stuff. But Megan wants a vacation, and she wants to go to Connecticut. So <laughs> we've turned it into a vacation with a one-day <laughs> One day that I have to uh, go do something else for a while. But that's going to be fun. It's going to be, uh, I don't know who's all judging, but I know myself and Matt Fantastic are two of the judges. And I haven't seen Matt in forever, so it would be cool to hang out with him for a little bit too. That'll be cool. So that is pretty cool. And I've uh, recently started a new design for a co-design because I'm working with Doug Lewandowski friend of the podcast and good friend of mine as well. And him and I have talked about designing a game together for like two years now, at least we are going to do the dungeon crawl contest for the next game hall convention. So myself and him are co-designing it. And we just brought uh, another friend of the podcast, Sheppy, David Shepard. He's going to do the art for us. So we're pretty excited. It's coming along pretty cool. That one we have until June, I think to submit. So, but we're, I mean, we're chugging along. It's We started working together Thursday, and then, of course, I went to Protospiel. But we're, I think we're getting close to having a playable prototype already, cool. at least to check out the core function of what we're talking about. And see, do I have anything else for general? You and I need to get together and kind of hammer out the final details for our contest. Mm -hmm. um, so that we can put that up. So for anybody that doesn't know, All Us Geeks is going to sponsor another con Well, actually, we're going to have another contest, plan on doing it regardless. And then uh, JT and I started talking, and they want to host it over at the Game Crafter again. So the Game Crafter is in. So we'll host a contest over in the Game Crafter, hopefully yet this month. Jordan and I just need to hammer out the details because there's a couple of things I want to do with this particular contest. And one of the reasons why I kind of want to have another contest, one, it's been a little while since we have, but two, this is something for Patreon that we, if we got to a certain level, we said we would kind of make an annual thing. Obviously, we're not at that level. In fact, we've backslid quite a bit some with, with our hiatus and everything, but just kind of maybe give a taste of what we're thinking about if we get to that level. Cause I still think it would be cool if we could get to that level and then turn around and kind of give that some of that money back for game designers entering a contest and, and get some, uh, you know, some new games out there and, and maybe a little bit of a spotlight. So uh, I enjoy contests, uh, and being a part of them. I mean, they're a lot of work, obviously. It's why I, I think I have it on the thing. We do it like once a year or whatever, but. It'd be nice to get to that level, kind of. I don't know. For our five-year, figured we'd... Rebuilding. 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 <laughs> but for our five-year, I figured we'd go ahead and do a contest and see how it goes. Other than that. All right. Well, unless you have something, I mean, it's been a couple weeks, unless you have something else you want to talk about here in the... Uh, I am generally generalist. In the general. All right. So I guess we can move on. Game Review Sponsored by Timothy D Thank you Timothy for sponsoring us over on Patreon 
and uh, letting us talk about uh, this game that Jordan wants us to talk about. <laughs> hey, you backed it too. I did. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying uh, you got your copy first. That's right. So this is all I'm you. Five blocks away, but so, it took an extra what? Three, two weeks? At least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you had to come over and rub it in my nose and have us play it. <laughs> Look what I got. <laughs> Look what you this still game don't have. That's kick our ass. <laughs> and we are talking about the Dresden Files cooperative card game. And you've had it. You've played it quite a bit. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have to turn the explanation and all that good stuff over to you on this one. All right. As you mentioned, it is the Dresden Files cooperative card game. And it is a cooperative card game based on the Dresden Files books. Wow. I would have never got that from the title. Not the TV show. (laughs) You have to delineate. They didn't put that in. See, this is the Dresden Files. See, the Dresden Files books cooperative card game. They meant that's confusing. They got way too many letters in there. (laughs) DFCO. You're losing. (laughs) It is a card game. It is a puzzle game based on the Dresden Files books. Box that all the Kickstarters received have a series of characters and I believe the first 11 books in story form. Varying numbers of people from one to five play characters that are trying to solve the various investigations and defeat the various foes in each book. Doing this by playing investigation cards, attack cards, and other cards that'll help move things around on the board. This is called a card game, but it is in fact a puzzle game. I don't know that I really like that, <laughs> but it's it's as much a cu- it's a puzzle game with cards. Mm-hmm. So you're going to take on the role of Harry Dresden. I almost said Harry Potter. That would be an excellent <laughs> crossover. Let's get the Harry Potter game. We can out. do it. We can make it happen. <laughs> Aren't you guys supposed to come over this weekend? Yeah. We can yeah. make it happen. There you go. <laughs> the role of Harry I almost did. I- Stop it. Stop it, Braden. The role of Harry Dresden and some of his companions from his books solving these adventures. The game takes place over a variable number of rounds. There is kind of a built-in end phase, end condition, where everybody runs out of cards. Or you are forced to go into the showdown. And you, you go through each turn either playing a card, discarding a card to generate some fate, doing your stunt, and I'll get to that in a moment when we get to mechanics, or passing. Each character, each player is going to have a limited number of cards, though you do have a deck of 10. It's rare that you're going to see all that. And you're going to sequentially play your cards, trying to manipulate the board such that things are within your range, because each card has a certain range, to defeat the foes, solve crimes, get rid of obstacles, and take small advantages of things for kind of a one-shot boost. If you are successful at this, (laughs) that is a big if. That's a lie. (laughs) Success is a lie. On the off chance that shit really goes your way, (laughs) at the end of the game, you will win if you have more solved cases than there are foes remaining on the board. It sounds like a very simple game. (laughs) Defeat monsters, solve Mm -hmm. cases, Mm -hmm. have more cases solved than monsters, Mm -hmm. you win. Check. What could be, (laughs) what could be frustrating about this? The lies. (laughs) (laughs) And of the lies, there are many. (laughs) 
possibly a new category for the review. (laughs) How many times does this game lie to you? (laughs) Starting with the advertisement on the Kickstarter page, (laughs) all the way to you getting the rule book on the first day and reading it. (laughs) It's a totally card-driven game with very simple mechanics, and the simplicity of the mechanics belies the difficulty of the game. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, so we will move into the components for this one. Why don't you give us uh, what are the components? It's mostly cards. It's mostly cards. It is cards. a card game. Yes. It's in the title. It is. <laughs> well, you know, it was in the title of that other game, too, but they gave you really crappy cards. <laughs> that is true. It is mostly cards. There is a very nice fold-out cardboard board. Cards with some very good, for the most part, art of all the characters and all the villains, all the... Well, everything that's in the game has pretty good art and pretty good cardboard. And then since it is based around the fate mechanic, and I don't know if all of our listeners have played a fate RPG or anything, but these are a dice with a plus a minus, uh, two pluses, two minuses, and a blank. They're D6s. Two pluses, two minuses, and two blanks. You roll, give a number of dice, and if you get a plus, you add that to your result. If you get a minus, that is subtracted from your result, and a blank is a wash. So they are... Translucent dice, pretty good cardboard for the board, pretty good cardboard for the cards. Mm-hmm. And uh, tokens. Thick cardboard for the, the tokens, tokens for yep. your damage, for your investigation, for your fate. Yep. Yeah. So overall, I was, I mean, I'm pretty happy with the components in the game. Like we were talking about just before we started. Unfortunately, with mine, the only thing I'm not happy with is my insert is completely jacked up. It's ripped. Right now, I have some of the foam against that piece, and I'm still trying to figure out if I'm going to reach out and say, hey, what the heck, because it was like that when I opened it. But if I take that foam out, if this expands any, unfortunately, uh, it's going to jack up cards because it is in just the perfect location to kind of just dig into your cards or have them split, all that kind of stuff. If it rests on it or you move them around, getting them in and out is unfortunate. So then I pulled it up, and that insert is pretty flimsy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it is it is not good. <laughs> it it makes Lords of Waterdeep look kind of good. <laughs> so, um but that but other than that, okay, so that's the insert. So the actual stuff that you're playing with, I think I agree with you is is really solid and you know, represents what it needs to represent really well. And there's some good artwork to look at here and there. And so I didn't have any complaints in that department. Mm-hmm. So mechanics for uh, the Dresden Files card game. I'm not going to say the whole. I'm going to well, be chopping up. Chris isn't even here. I don't even have to say it. <laughs> well, you only left out one word. <laughs> I know, but it's 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 a word that, you know, at times we can dread. Cooperative. <laughs> so the mechanics are pretty straightforward. On your turn, you're going to take one of four act one of four actions. You're either going to play a card as an action. You're going to pass you're going to use your stunt, and I'll get to that here in just a second. Your talent is it or, talent? Well, your talent is, is when you talent discard for fate, a, okay. or you're going to discard for fate. Right. So each character has two cards, one with his name or her name with their talent, which tells you what happens when you discard a card for fate. Well, this ties into one of the actions discarding. Every card has a fate value which is either the cost from the community fate pool to cast or what you get if you discard it. 
if you discard a card for five fate, every character is going to have something that says, when you discard for fate, you can do this. In the case of Harry Dresden, he can move obstacles and advantages around. Uh, Karen Murphy can throw clues out. Uh, somebody else, I forget who, can throw damage out. Stuff like that. So there's little advantages other than replenishing your fate pool. If you play a card for fate, rather than replenishing it, obviously, you shrink it. If card has a five fate cost, you pay five fate, you do what it says if you can. You can use your stunt. Like I said, every character has a stunt, and it's generally a once-per-game effect. Uh, in the case of Harry Dresden, it is do X amount of damage to all creatures in one row. It's The board is divided into two rows. There's a top row and a bottom row. Space is one to six. The two rows never interact. What you do on row one never impacts row two. Row two never impacts row one. So that was your stunt. That was your discard. That was your action, and passing. If you've got nothing to do, or at least nothing of value on that turn, you pass. There's no free actions here, though, so if you pass, you have to burn a fate, which encourages you to try to be as as efficient as possible as a group with your actions. It is 100% cooperative. There is some table talk allowed. You can't be specific, but you can plan. So burning a fate for nothing is indicating probably a fairly poor turn of events. So you're going to do one of these four actions, and the primary thing that you're usually going to do is is play a card. The card is either going to let you solve a, or work on or solve an investigation, work on or defeat a foe, take away an obstacle, or get a boon by taking an advantage all your cards have a fate cost, as I mentioned, range, and and in many cases, some kind of asterisk ability. If you do this and it does this, you get this. But even if you don't get the second part, you still get to do the first part kind of stuff. Some cards have variable fate costs, and this is where the fate dice comes in. Actually, all the cards have some... All the types of things that you can do might have a variable fate or a variable die ability, I should say. Your fate, your range, your damage, whatever. Some of the dice have, some of the cards have a die symbol on it, and it'll say two. So when you do this, it might cost you three fate plus two dice to roll. That could, in theoretically, increase the cost by two, decrease it by two, or just be a wash if you get a positive or negative or all blanks. So that's where the fate system comes in. It's a good way of preventing you from kind of mathing everything out. But the game was already designed to be really tight, so it's already kind of hard to math everything out because the game is designed with loss in mind. (laughs) Um, And that it does well. And it does. It's very (laughs) successful. So each player is going to take one of their actions on their turn. As I said, one player always has to be Harry. Everybody else is player's choice and you're going to go around you do one thing you either help the pool you drain the pool or you try to be neutral at least not not drain the pool uselessly and it's going to go around and you're going to try to and this is where the puzzle game comes in each card has a range you might have something that'll do a lot of damage to a foe but only at range one however There's two cards ahead of you. 
the in uh, range one and two in that row that you can't do anything anything with. Sod says it makes sense thematically. Harry breaks everything. He does. He is the <laughs> least prepared wizard ever. The dude is a walking example of what not to do. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know if I've signed up for a game that thematically says I lose all the time. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it's very true to the books. Even I know. Even well, going into the last show, chapter, yeah. sometimes I don't think Butcher knows whether Harry's going to win or not. <laughs> So you've got, as a group, you've got to manipulate the board to get the most ideal positions for cards that people can work work with, either for the biggest benefit in terms of damage or clues, or for the cheapest fate cost. So it is a bit of a puzzle moving things around, mm-hmm. getting stuff into the ideal spots, while still maintaining forward momentum. Mm-hmm. If you have to take two or three passes in a row to get to something, that you, you just took a really bad beat, because you've lost three turns yep. and burned three fate. But in the end, mechanically, everything works well. Everything on the cards is color-coded. A red card affects a red card. A green card affects a green card. And in the story, everything that affects another card on the storyboard, whatever row it's in, has a letter on it. A goes into B. B goes into C. C goes into A. And then you can follow the loop to see what you have to do in what order to to get things done. So mechanically... It's pr- it's pretty sound. The core rules of what you do, your four possible actions on your turn, very simple. Everything else is on the cards, and all the cards are fairly well laid out. Yeah, uh, mechanically, I'll I'll agree with you that it's a it's a tight game, and the mechanics work well together. And what they were trying to put out is there. I just I don't know. I just still I'm not convinced that I l- like the mechanics of it all together. I, I don't, I, I feel like it's, it's too much of a puzzle and not enough of an enjoyable game experience. The mechanic, like I said, the mechanics work. Mm-hmm. I, 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 there, I have no problems. Well, he put out what he wanted. <laughs> yeah. I have no <laughs> problems with how the mechanics work. I, I think that all works well and, and the flow is good. And, and the game, like you said, when you're actually playing it, it, it makes sense. You do a few simple things and you have, limited cards that you even have to deal with because like you said you're not even of the 10 cards that are in your deck you're not going to see all of them Mm -hmm. that would be a very rare thing indeed i think and and i i'd like to see how that game played out that you actually got to see all your damn cards (laughs) so i mean you don't have you don't have that many choices necessarily but i think the one of the problems i think i i kind of had while we were playing and we played multiple times I think the problem I found is like almost every game, like your high cards, it's hard to play them because there's just, I felt like I was putting back into the pool more than I was playing anything. Mm -hmm. So I have all these cards that I think could be cool to do something with, never got to play them. Even if I got them in multiple games of, of, I think, I think that one night we played three, four, three or four. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever played one of my high cards. It always went to give back into the pool. And I know in the, in the book, it says, don't burn your high cards if you can help it, blah, blah. But I didn't, there was no other options. It was always somebody else Sometimes had something. There is no option because when you draw your first four, three, five cards and they're all your four and five cost cards, you're not going to be able to cat, you're not going to be able to use them in, in consecutive turns. 
right. especially if other people do something, somebody's going to be burning a high card right. at some point. And and what is it? What I mean, there's a there's a a max to your fate. In in the pool, yeah, yeah, thirteen, thirteen, yeah. So yeah, so I get my five, you get your five. Megan gets her five, and we're done. <laughs> yeah, you're not even. You're not. You're not getting your five. Right, exactly. <laughs> Somebody's not. Probably unless they really hold on to it. And once once you once you start that initial drain, it's hard to get. It's hard to ever get back up to that. It is. It's a really tough resource to manage. Yeah. If you really have to choose. You know, and a couple times I lucked out. I had some bit, as a group, I lucked out because <laughs> I had big attack, but all the creatures were back there. There was no point in me hanging on to that stuff, for right? Stuff that we were not going to move efficiently. So that's fine. But if the party is not, if their initial draw is not a good distribution, if one person's all attack and everybody else is a mishmash of whatever, then all you have is attack. That's not going to get you to win. If you're lucky and everybody's all investigation, that's, that's good. Unless the investigation is beyond range too, right. you know, so it's, it is a very tough puzzle. Yeah. So I, I think you and I know a few people that mm-hmm. could sit down and would like this game because they'll, they'll figure it all out on turn one. Yeah. I'm not the type of player that wants to try to figure out my entire game on turn one. And this game makes you try to do that. Yes. <laughs> it's, they, they put the caveat in for table talk that you can't be specific. You can't say I have pyro fuego and it's going to cost me five and I can do two to everybody in a row. You can't say that. Right. But I mean, we even stretched that a bit. Yeah. I mean, we didn't go quite into but after exact few, detail, right. but after and we a few still plays, got screwed. There are people that are going to know if you've got your five and you've got your five yeah. and I've got my four, this is what our first three turns are going to be, you know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that, like I said, solid, mechanically, solid mechanically, sound. this is like what, maybe the third game that I play that we've played that is very sound mechanically that I'm, this one I'm willing to at least play some more before I make the final decision, but I'm leaning towards it being one of the ones where, I don't know how I feel about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we'll move on to rules for the Dresden Files cooperative card game. Okay, the rule book is 16 pages, front cover to back cover, and the last page is actually just credits and strategy tips. Um, It gives you pretty much everything you need to know for setup, draw for initial players, start and turn sequence in the first five pages, and after that, it is the rest of the book is essentially some really good examples uh, or a really good explanation of everything you're going to do in your turn, how cards interact, how you do things to cards, either taking an advantage, taking an obstacle, investigating, fighting, whatever. And it's got really good. It's got really good use of the cards, the actual cards of the games. The sidebars aren't just text. In fact, the sidebars are few and far between because everything is done with the cards in an action step. It shows you what to do if you're going to play a card for fate, what you're going to do if you're going to investigate, what you're going to do if you're going to take advantage or or, or clear an obstacle. And it's really done well. It's very clear. It's very concise. There's no wall of text. Everything is broken up well. For the most part, I feel that it is a pretty good rule book. But back when it was first out as the Kickstarter put it out in the P&P, 
I read it and I read it and I was skipping a couple of sidebars and I'm like, well, when do you draw a card? And it wasn't until like the third read through just this one little sidebar and you never draw a card again. <laughs> oh, well, that could have been maybe a little bit more <laughs> front and center. Since it's a card game, everybody expects to draw. That is a critical piece of information. <laughs> but for the f- most part, I think it's a very good, very well laid out, very understandable rule book. Yeah, I, I can't comment a ton about it, but I did go through my copies and look through it real quick. I was actually kind of hoping to maybe get in a single, a solo play, since it is supposed to be also solo playable. I didn't, of course, because I was prepping for other things that we've already talked about. <laughs> I at least went through the rule book and this was after you had already taught it and we, we played it a bunch. So that may or may not have helped, obviously. But my glance through at least, I was, I was solid with it. It, it seemed pretty decent. It, it didn't throw any like, you know, red alerts at me while I was looking through it. So I, I'm pretty happy with it. I still obviously have to go back and, and give it a thorough read, but I was okay with, with what, how it was presented and, and what was going on with it. Mm-hmm. So. So now on to replayability for the Dresden Files cooperative card game. And remember, we're adding in replayability and how many times would you play it in a row? Do you want to go first? Oh, you want me to go first? Well, sure, I can do that. Um, replayability. Well, if you're the kind of person that wants to win, there's a lot of replayability here. Whoo, boy. <laughs> you can play a whole night. And not get to your goal. <laughs> uh, Alternately, you can win your first two games and then walk into your house. And <laughs> no, it's. I, I think again, it, there's, there's, it's very puzzly, and there's more puzzle than game for me. That being said, the mechanics are sound, and if I'm playing with a group that is enjoying it or or is frustrated and wants that next win or something like that, I'm willing to play it again. Or, and I'm willing to, to have it hit the table. You know, we had the, the one night we played with Megan and, and we played it at least three. I think it was three or four. I can't remember three. where. Was it three? Yeah. Okay. So we played three times. No wins. <laughs> Nowhere close. Close on the last one. Well, the class one we were the closest. Yeah. Put it that way. I don't know if we were close. Well, but we it were came down to the close. final dice roll. <laughs> so there, there's definitely replayability here. Not only that, but there's the different books. Right, so there's the different scenarios that you can go through. There's the different characters that you can play. The fate dice add a twist to it, so that you know there's going to be varying costs here and there. So you're not going to be able to say necessarily break out book one and know exactly mm-hmm. how your fate spending is going to go and all that kind of stuff. So from that aspect, there's a a, a fairly good amount of p- replayability here. How many times in a row would I play it? I don't know. Three to four is is got to be my because, especially if it's a if it's full uh, three to four games of just loss and like frustrating loss like we went through that night. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to go more than four, and I may be just at a point where it's like I got to play something else. I, I got to walk you know, away from the table. I I hundred percent agree with you. I do I do like the game. I know that. I agree with you that it's a bit more puzzle than I initially thought. Even though I did do the the print and play <clears throat> I, I only played it a couple times so i never and then of course seven months later i got the game so i'd kind of forgotten <laughs> but like you say I, I i don't necessarily need to win every game but going in knowing that there's the possibility that i'm 
more than likely going to lose more than I win. If I play four times and lose all four, I'm flipping my own table. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if I go in there knowing that the win is going to be hard and I get a win, I'll feel very good and I will want to play again. But after two, three losses, especially if they're really brutal, no, I'm done for the night. So I'm right there with you. Three to four, three to four, you know, if finish off with a win, kind of soothe the burn, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's a good way to finish it off. Yeah. And I should say too, I mean, especially since I'm, I've designed a co-op, I'm designing another co-op right now. So I know that you're trying to hit that fine line between, especially your first couple games, you want to lose probably. But make it feel like they had a, ch- they were almost there, so they do want to play again. Mm-hmm. I don't think I got that out of our first play <laughs> or even our no, second play. No, th- this is well. <laughs> see, that gets into my final thought. Okay, but, no, well, yeah. you can hold it. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, again, so uh, for for a co op, I don't expect to win all the time. In fact, when I first start playing, I don't expect to win. I expect to to learn what I need to do different. Mm-hmm going forward potentially even though again with most good co-ops there's that variability and that replayability where it's not going to be the same game every time um but this just missed that for me for some reason so uh again the replayability is there and and how many times we're going to play we've talked about but i don't know i just yeah it's just i'm so yeah i don't know um yeah the the three to four basically is is me being done i think i think even even with a win or two. I mean, I to me is like if we won, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. We'll, we'll stop, call that. Stop. Tonight. Stop. Stop. Go get something else. <laughs> 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 All right. So, theme for the Dresden Files cooperative card game. So, I have not read the books. I did watch the show. Um, the the singular season of the show that didn't last unfortunately which is actually a pretty decent show it was a good show you have read the books i have you saw the show yes so what did you think how well did they do with the theme i i'm gonna give them a b plus i i don't often complain about lack of fluff on a card (laughs) um especially if they're giving me something visually appealing like Valeria, not a lot of writing on the cards. Very beautiful. Dresden, not a lot of writing on the cards. Very pleasant to look at. But this is a game that's like right up there with Star Wars or Star Trek. There is such a a, a breadth of, of lore you can pull from from the books. This is a game that deserves fluff on the cards. There is none. That is what keeps it from being an A to me but otherwise the store the each each module is the book art the characters are very well drawn everybody is fairly recognizable which is not always the easiest thing to do when you're asking an artist to take a written description even if they were working with dresden to tweak (laughs) working with butcher to to get you know some tweaks on, on on stuff and i don't know if they did so it's not always easy to get a good physical representation of a of a written character but for the most part they do it pretty good everything on the cards all your actions all the creatures everything there is a dresden item so theme 
I think is very good, but they could have just gone one step better to make it excellent, and they didn't. But the card game is made by the same folks yep. that put out the RPG, so and, and it does use the Fate uh, mechanic. So if you like the Dresden Fate RPG, you, this may be something you can get into. Kind of like you know, a lot of D and D fans may like Path, the Pathfinder series, and Shadowrun fans may like Shadow uh, uh, Crossfire. So if you're looking for that. We don't all have to get together for eight plus hours <laughs> to have an experience. And, you know, oh, re and, until you get your first win, that might be it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Book the weekend for Dresden <laughs> Files. All right. So theme. Yeah. So I don't have again, I don't have a lot of experience other than the unfortunately canceled show. Just is not based off of. <laughs> so theme for me, I'm just going to go with kind of what's in front of me. And I think the. So, like you said, the the visuals are there. I like the visuals. I like the board and, and everything. But, again, this is, to me, where the puzzle aspect of it takes me out of it too much. I don't feel like I'm solving cases or defeating monsters. I feel like I'm missing my calculator and doing my taxes. <laughs> if you remove the Dresden veneer, it is a very strange puzzle game. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, uh, for me, not knowing the, the universe as well and looking at it just from the theme laid out in front of me, it doesn't quite work for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, and again, it's just the, the puzzle aspect again, the puzzle versus I'm playing a game that's trying to immerse me in this universe. All right. So fun factor slash overall. Want me to just go ahead? Sure. Keep going. <laughs> uh, so. Again, fun factor over, overall. Like I said a little bit earlier, um, the Dresden Files cooperative card game is mechanically sound. I think they did a great job with the mechanics. They put out the game they wanted to put out. It is a tight-knit mechanic set. But I'm still on the fence on whether or not I overall enjoyed the game. I'm still trying to figure that out for myself because, again, the, it is a puzzle game, like Jordan said, and... It's more puzzle than game for me, and I'm still trying to figure out if that's something I would enjoy on a regular basis. And then the other part for me, like I said earlier, was I really did not feel like there was an opportunity for anyone or everyone to shine because of the fate pool being drained quickly and being such a hard resource to keep filled and that is where all of your cards come from. So, you know, you're, you're discard, you don't, you don't get your whole deck, which is only 10 decks and you're discarding a bunch of cards to put back into the pool that I'm not sure I, I liked as much. So I, I will play it a few more times at least to check it out and see and make a final decision. But as of right now, I'm very much on the fence about this game. So my fun factor overall, uh, I have actually won the game. So. I know it can be done. It's and, still uh, done, is it? But do you have witnesses? <laughs> yes, there were three other players, mm, sure, actual either. humans, <laughs> and three cats. But it's very frustrating if you don't like a puzzle game, which this primarily is. Don't don't pick this up. If you have a low frustration limit, 
not for you. I I like this game straight up. I like it, but it suffers from one jarring error. As I said earlier, the game is designed to be hard. I look at this and I go, if you take away the dice, the game is designed to, to beat you every time because I, I just get the feel that <clears throat> no matter what you do, it's the Captain Picard quote. Sometimes you can do everything right and still lose. True. And there are the, our last game. We did everything right. We moved cards. We defeated bosses. We had everything down to the final dice roll. But every time one of us had to roll a die, we got the worst outcome possible. <laughs> and even if you just roll averages on this die, on these dice, a positive, a negative, and a blank every time, you're not helping yourself because it's all going to be a wash. And while I very much enjoy this game, I think it is far too pen- too dependent on the dice to be successful. Without the dice, it's very easy to fail anyway. So when you're adding something that's going to give you an extra half a chance to fail <laughs> every time you do something, it's really leaning the game towards unpleasantness. Now, we played it three times. I played it twice last weekend. The first night we played it, I don't know, my BGG count is eight. So somewhere over the last three weeks, I've played it eight times. So clearly I enjoy it because I'm not going to punch myself in the dick eight times. Mm, just no. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen Not you. deliberately. <laughs> I don't know about that either. I mean, just saying. <laughs> if, I, if I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> I mean, I'll stop it too. Um, <laughs> you only live twice. That's right. <laughs> so I do like it, but as an overall, I think it is only a very good game. There's a lot more that could have been done in terms of fluff, in terms of making winning without the dice a little bit more feasible, and and just being somewhat because there's. As I always say, I like a bit of random, but if you get a bad beat on your first draw and if everything you need is at the end of the, of the rows to make your cards work and your dice go against you every time you roll, it's going to be an unpleasant experience. And you really only need two out of those three for it to be bad right off the bat. If you get all three, you might as well just reshuffle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think especially that first game, that al- that's almost what we should have done. Yeah. It's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so I like it and I do want to play it again, but I guess I have to put it out there as a warning. It's a high frustration level. And if you don't like your game, if you like a challenging game, but a game that you can also walk away from going, you know, I lost, but eh, cool. But that's not this game. You're going to walk away from this game going, I lost four times in a row, and I hate evil hat games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, and and a lot of those losses are not even going to be close. <laughs> no, no. It's just like, wow, I, I didn't have a chance in that game. <laughs> and yet I went to the end. <laughs> what, did, what did I do to my punch? <laughs> punch one. <laughs> um, we can do this. Yeah, and again, I... I I just want to stress that, you know, you enjoy the game. I'm still on the fence, but I can't fault 
the mechanics of this game for anything. No, it is as a mechanical thing, what he put out works front to back. Mm-hmm. Everything flows well and everything that he put in his Kickstarter is there and everything in the rule book works the way it's supposed to work according to the rule book and according to his videos. It is technically, this is not quite as bad to my mind, but War Machine and Hordes, the card game. Mm. Technically yep, very yep. sound. High Command was that High it? Command. Yeah. But just missed on every level, despite being technically very sound. This doesn't miss quite as bad for me, obviously, because I want to play it again. Mm-hmm. I want to beat the shit out of this box. <laughs> but <laughs> I want to beat every scenario soundly. But I think it's going to be one of those things where it's it's going to be less of a sting if you're a Dresden fan. I think this is 100% driven towards Dresden fans first, other people third. I don't think there's even a second. <laughs> I think it's Dresden and bust. All right. All right. So there you go. That is our review of the Dresden Files cooperative card game. <laughs> What we're watching, sponsored by Sheppy. So thank you very much, Sheppy, for sponsoring us on Patreon, letting us talk about what we're uh, watching currently. Also, thanks for doing the art for my game. (laughs) (laughs) I actually put five things on my list. Well, you go. What? You go, girl. Yeah. (laughs) Three snaps and a flick. Santa Clarita Diet. Have you seen that one? All the Netflix series. I tried starting it with Sarah, and she was like, "I don't want to watch something new right now." <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm. I think I'm through eight episodes or whatever. That's kind of what I've been watching off and on right now. Um, it's pretty decent. It's got some good people in it. That's uh, Drew Scarymore, right? Yeah. Yeah. And 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 Elephant and Timothy Elephant. <laughs> oh, that's why. I would, yeah, yeah. Is so, he standard Tim? Huh? Is he standard Tim? He's very. I mean, he's not. He's he's not. What's his name? From Justified? Yeah, he's not Justified. Okay. He's very high strung and kind of. They're they're realtors and this nice neighborhood, and they live between two cops and. <laughs> and when everything kind of breaks out, it he's very high strung about everything, so it it's all right, you know. It's, it's worth a a little bit of watch. I also watched a series of unfortunate events. Another again, another Netflix series with Doogie Howser, mm-hmm. Neil Patrick Harris, which was pretty decent. I don't know if you, I mean the, there's the movie with Jim Carrey, which was okay-ish. This was actually pretty decent. I I enjoyed I watching the books, it. and I didn't. I've never read the books either, but this was yeah. at least worth watching. I thought anyway, it was pretty decent. It's got some again really good people in it throughout the series. Finally watched Into the Badlands season one mm. uh, since it's on Netflix, and we we started watching it when it first came out, and then just like Megan never went back to it, so I never got to watch it. And then with season two kind of coming up. Or, you know, it's out now or whatever. I was going to try to play catch up, but again, now I'm like, I never get to actually see it while it's on. <laughs> but I did get through the first season, which I did enjoy. I, I yeah, enjoyed it's, it. it's kind of like, uh, I'm with Megan on that one. I tried watching it when it was first out, and it was like, meh. I, 
I enjoyed it. I, you know, and then maybe it's just that whole, I don't know, I felt nostalgic or whatever, the whole throwback to, you know, Saturday, Sunday, watching all the old Kung Fu movies when you were a kid. <laughs> the Walking Dead, of course, which just finished up, which, by the way, I did, I was still on the road from Protospiel getting home, so I saw like the last 15, 20 minutes, maybe, but I still got to go back and watch the rest of the episode. And it's been a while since- No, we- you saw the best part. That's <laughs> that's really all you needed. It's been a while since we recorded, or you know, we skipped last time, so I th- don't think I talked about this, but we did see Kal- Kong, Skull mm-hmm. Island, uh, which we enjoyed. It was kind of- I, One, I was glad they stayed on the island, and, the, and that they didn't make it modern day. So I, I enjoyed the movie for what it was. It's just a little kind of monster bash, kind of kaiju-ish kind of movie. <laughs> there's, there's a joke there to be made, but <laughs> no, I don't think no, we should make a, it. I don't think we should make there. it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want a C and D from anybody. <laughs> Especially if there's defamation in that letter somewhere. <laughs> all right so your turn also walking dead it was really irritating me that they telegraphed that they're taking negan to two seasons but at least this was a good break not a lot of new tv because sarah's been working a lot of long hours so <clears throat> the stuff that we watch together of course i haven't been watching so I've been doing a rewatch of DS9, which, you know, it's, it's tracks. There's, there's good. And, and then there's, why did you put this on TV? Oh, cause you had to fill 22 spots. So that's why. <laughs> and then I gave 13 hours to Netflix that I really wish I could have back for Iron Fist. It wasn't horrible, but I mean, it wasn't good. Just front to end, it was 13 hours of mediocrity. Makes me feel sad for Defenders. I have not watched it yet. Don't. I'm gonna. No. I'm gonna. Save yourself. Don't tell me. All right. But it's one of those things that like, I asked Megan, like I was going to watch it a while ago. I'm like, are are you not interested in this? Because if not, I'm going to watch it. So no, no, I am. And then it's never been brought up again. <laughs> you know, the dude that plays Danny Rand, uh, go back to whatever school you went to and learn how to re- emote. Or whoever directed it, let an actor act. I don't know what it was. And certainly there was some questionable writing in there. But, you know, we had two seasons of Daredevil and one season of Luke Cage. People who are scrappers, but not trained fighters. Mm -hmm. So we finally get the martial artist. A dude that should have really... (laughs) No, the fight scene sucked top to bottom. I mean, yeah, they sure, they wanted to go just, they didn't want to go the typical route. And Danny Rand is definitely not all about the fighting. But if you're going to do a TV show with, theoretically, the guy that's going to be the world's greatest martial artist at some point, give some hint that he is. Just gets his ass kicked worse than Daredevil almost every fight. <laughs> I I got to say, I didn't like it. It was, it was just not, it was not good. Every app we kind of ended going, do we want to watch one more? No, no, <laughs> I think we're done for today. <laughs> uh, but Defenders, August, so there we go. Yeah. That's all yet? That's all I got. Okay. 
Let's see. Pretty much a resounding agreement with you on Iron Fist in here, looks like. Uh, something scrolled off. What was it? Gantt Zero? Uh, I think both mm-hmm. both Nate and Mike said something about. Chris says he's sticking with Iron Fist. He's up to episode seven. And let's see. Yeah, everybody agrees that the fight scenes were horrible. So there you go. You have consensus with the chat room. <laughs> but I'm still going to try to watch it. I can't stop you. You're right. You can't. <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring I was going to bring something back around, but I decided I don't want to. Um, <laughs> moving on. What we're reading slash listening to, sponsored by Stephanie M. So thank you, Stephanie, for sponsoring us on Patreon and letting us talk about what we're reading. And uh, I'm actually reading something. But a script? Well, I'm reading scripts. In fact, but I mean I, something other than a script? Yes, but nothing, uh, not a novel or anything or anything like that. I am reading scripts, though. I just got, actually, right before you came over, I got two more jobs, so... I got two more scripts I need to read. And I did put in my Halo Machinima stuff. I've wrapped that for this season. I don't know if I'll be back next season. There's one episode that I'm I'm my character's in, but I he doesn't voice anything. So depending on how his outcome is from that. This is him decomposing. <laughs> uh so yeah. I may be back first for a season five. I don't know. <laughs> So, yeah, I I put that in, and I still got to get some Transformers stuff out. But what I'm reading is Head First Ruby, which is a programming book, (laughs) because I started using Squib to do my card prototyping um, for rapid prototyping. So, you know, I write a few lines of code, kind of basically kind of almost give it like a CSS file kind of thing, do a layout file, and it hit go, and it instantly makes actual images and the correct images that I I could if I wanted to port them over to the game crafter and a PDF of all the images that I can cut up and sleeve and all that stuff. So I've been using that and when it works, it's awesome. When it doesn't, it's a pain in the ass and squib is laid on top of Ruby. So I'm trying to see if some of the things I want to do could actually be done through Ruby commands versus some of the squib stuff that I've been given, so I'm actually like reading that and going through it and trying to figure out if I could make this damn thing. So here's an instance. I got back from Protospiel Milwaukee. I had changes I wanted to make right away, put them all in, started getting an error code for a file that's worked forever. Tells me it's on line three. There's nothing wrong with line three, nothing wrong with line, like, you know, every once in a while you get some that the line three thing was really two or four. Mm-hmm. So it's, but it's usually in the general area. Yeah, I found the problem on line 64 eventually. <laughs> so stuff like that. So when it works, it's awesome. When it doesn't, pain in the ass. <laughs> but really, that's all I'm reading right now. I'm I'm not reading a whole lot, actually. Just podcast or music while I paint or drive. Just nothing nothing physically reading or, or audiobooks. Yeah. Nothing. I will say... If, for me, as a recommendation in general, I, this is not the first Head First series that I've gotten into for, you know, very, whatever they put out for different programs. I do enjoy those style of books because they do try to make them like, um, approachable 
and and more you know human language mm-hmm. and they do very good exercises and stuff like that so I, I can't remember what some of the other ones are but that's one of the reasons why i picked this one over the i have a i also got a couple of ruby reference books but this is the one i'm actually reading to kind of keep going all right uh apparently mike doesn't want to hear us anymore and that we should go away because he says he needs don on here to talk about uh resident evil zero Kanasuba and My Hero Academia. Oh, I tried My Hero Academia, and I just, <laughs> I wanted to slap that little girl so hard. <laughs> I, I could not get into that. I have, that's not true. I have one more thing. It is, uh, <laughs> oh, I forget what it's called. I just call it Ride, but I, that's not what it is. It's on Crunchyroll. It's a sports anime about uh, the novice kid the first year in the, the school's uh, cycling club. It's very enjoyable. I'll get you the link. I'll get you the actual title for the show notes. Yeah. And then I'll go back to what we're watching. <laughs> <since we're past. laughs> All right. So you don't have anything else for reading, listening? Nope. That's what you got. Okay. That's all I got. What we're playing. Sponsored by. Ready? Ready. Nate J. What? Wow. Which is kind of ironic since uh, he refused to go to Protospiel Milwaukee with me. You know, who- but he sponsors us on Patreon, and you know we're going to talk about things we play thanks to to Nate's sponsorship and his lack of playing. Does Does at Ryan Milwaukee. C still support us? I don't know. I have to go back and we got to get him back. <laughs> <laughs> I miss him. I honestly don't know. Actually, to be honest with you. Probably not. Probably because you kept making fun of his name. Oh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> it was not the year of no content. It was it was me mocking you. All right. You want to go? Sure. As mentioned earlier, a lot of Dresden files, both for fun <laughs> and <laughs> review. <laughs> Stupid roll. Uh, some Pathfinder card game. We're progressing that. And Call of Duty, not as much as I used to. A little bit of For Honor, not as much as I'd like. And I back Planescape Tor- well, uh, Planescape Numenera. No, Tor- mm. whatever, right. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, and that came out. Tor- Torment co- Numenera. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. That came out a couple weeks ago, and I've been dicking around with that a little bit when I had a minute here, a minute there. Yeah, I thought that's on Steam, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought I saw Well, it. they're doing a DRM free version through GOG right. at some point. <laughs> and they also gave the options for uh I think you could trade in your Steam key for a for a disc for the consoles. Okay. Yeah, I saw it on Steam. Um and I I kind of saw a little bit of it when it was out for Kickstarter, but that looks it looks interesting. Mm-hmm. I like the the torment. Yep, that was the Planescape Torment was a fun little game. Yes. Played a bunch of Brace for Impact, which is on Kickstarter right now. That was one. Oh, by the way, going back, uh, Sheppy has a game on Kickstarter right now, too. Uh, oh. So it's uh, the Greedy Crane Claw game, which is on Kickstarter right now. Check that out. And Brace for Impact is on Kickstarter right now. I played a bunch of that. Megan and I both play it. played it. She really enjoyed it, so we played more of it than we needed to because I did the how to play, and I did a, a little initial impressions video for him, but we continue to play. <laughs> it's a fun little quick two little two-player game. Submarine battles. Uh, so it, it was kind of fun. It's all, it's all on the dice. What you roll on the dice decides what you're going to do. 
you're looking for doubles and sevens and everything else doesn't matter. So you just keep rolling. And then depending on if you're on the surface or underwater, you get different actions for your doubles and sevens. Cool. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun. And then of course, like I said, I was at Protospiel, Milwaukee this past list weekend. every game. I'm not going to list every <laughs> game and I'm not going to list my games. We already talked about those up front, but uh, I played some cool other games. So shifting gears was a cool one. It's a, uh, one of the trick taker, uh, trick taking entries that did not make finalists in the contest. In fact, there was, when I arrived Friday night, there was a basically a table of almost all the trick takers that didn't make finalists that were there. They were all playing each other's trick takers. I finally got to play it on Saturday. It's got a little bit of a racing theme. It's got some cool things that it does for a trick taking game. I'm, I'm always, I always like games that do a little something different with trick taking other than just following suit and everything else. So this one did that. We gave them a few ideas. I think they implemented them later that night and the next day and kept testing. So some of them stayed, some of them probably won't. But again, that's that's kind of the fun of Protospiel. Played one of JT's new games called The Council. Played that multiple times. Oh my God, we should play that sometime. But is that a frustrating game? <laughs> In a good way. So we're back to that. <laughs> So the first game I played, everybody was just greedy bastards. <laughs> Frustrated the hell out of me. So we lost because it's a you're you're the council of a small town or village, and there's constant threat kind of happening. And so as re- and you have like a rep like I represent the wealthy, I represent the intellectuals, you know that kind of thing. So you have a public thing that you represent, and then you have a hidden. So you might represent the intellectuals but secretly you also represent the poor or have you know a uh an alliance with the poor because somebody on the table might actually be the true representative of the poor or whatever and so, so as, this is a fantasy game then. <laughs> something like that <laughs> uh so you know there's all these things happening to your town that you're trying to resolve so you're trying to do just enough to keep the town alive while making sure your interests are fulfilled before anyone else's because it, you it's a competitive game you all lose together mm-hmm. so if the town goes to hell everybody loses but if you don't then you get your points for pat, making sure things that pass from that that you represent openly and secretly pass all that kind of stuff and you have political capital which is your main way of scoring but you but so political capital is your victory points, but you also spend it for bribes and favors and stuff like that through the game. So yeah, the first game we played, everybody was greedy as hell. We, we just got crushed. Like no, nobody was, who cares about the city? The second game, we actually survived and I won. So that was cool. I think I was winning. Of course, it did, part of not thinking you're winning is when the guy on the end doesn't realize that there's a difference between the singles and the fives, and he keeps <laughs> grabbing the fives until the end of the game when somebody expl- we we're all counting up. He's like, "Oh, oh, those are fives? No, then that's not my score." <laughs> anyway, that that was a, a real fun. One. So it's kind of you know that hidden identity, bluffing, negotiation, bribing, all that stuff. How many players? At least, I think it goes like three plus. Can't remember what the, the top end, but I think it's like six or seven or something like that. How long? Um, as it stands. Not too bad. Hour, hour and a half, maybe. Something um, to work in before Harry Potter on Saturday? Oh, I don't have it. Oh, I thought you had a copy. <laughs> no, no, this is proto. These are all like handwritten. Oh, okay. Like he's still working on it. This is a brand new game from him. Um, but when you get it? 
Oh, well, yeah, when I get it, because eventually I will get it. So, yeah, and, and especially if he does a Kickstarter or something for it. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It, it was frustrating at times. And, and you know, it's one of those things where you kind of, especially if you get a group that can get into it, it's like, well, I think my uh, colleague that represents the poor across the table will really agree with my idea here, and here's why. Or you kind of go, this is why this solves our problem now and not later and all this kind of stuff. So we were happy. we had a blast. Like I said, I got to play that one twice. Um, uh, the second time was kind of cool, too, for me generally because it was JT testing out an idea that I gave him from the previous game. Uh, he may have done it a few other times, but it was the first time I got to see it in action, so that was kind of cool. And then, let's see, I played this game called Hostage, which is just a beautiful-looking game. It's a puzzler, but you know that going in. <laughs> uh, um, but it's... And it's... This guy just ma- always makes these beautiful games. It's JT calls him like his absolute favorite designer, even though he's never had anything published, but he always brings these just absolutely gorgeous things to to protospiels. And is he had this like 3D city landscape and basically what it was was there's, you know, spy agency or whatever you're I don't know if it was the leader or whatever. Somebody was kidnapped as being held in one of the buildings. But he's got like high tech glasses, so you see he he gives you he keeps taking still images and so your your display shows like light patterns that he can see out the window and you have to go around and look at everything and it's it's timed and you have to figure out where he is so you can rescue him before they kill him so like you know and, and so you can tell if he's looking up down or straight ahead and it's like okay i see three patterns and and every window can see like usually up to three or four different buildings so it's like i see three lights up and i see like an x pattern over here so you got to find all the building and and narrow down where he actually is before time runs out that was a lot of fun and like i said it's just an absolutely gorgeous game seems like it would combo well with uh two rooms and a boom just do a sub game is it him (laughs) now let's do two rooms and a boom (laughs) and then very very little but mass effect andromeda um, I've played a little bit of it. I haven't gotten a lot of it in. So, mm. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> nice. There are some things I already kind of don't like about it a little bit. Over and but I'm not very far into it, but just little things like how they implemented certain things like it took me for I actually had to look up. I'm like, "How the hell do I change my weapon?" Like you know, something like that where it's usually like very intuitive and it's mm-hmm. not like it's my first foray into video games or the Mass Effect series. And I'm like, how I had to pause it. I'm like, how how do you change? Oh, you can't. Only certain locations can you switch oh. out your weapons. It's like, all right. So everything I just picked up, I can't access. Got it. Or that you made me research at the research station. I researched it at the research station. How about you let me pick it up at the research station? Nope, you just know how to build it now. <laughs> so little things like that, but I'm not very far into it. Um, go up against those Krogan with your spear. That's fine. <laughs> that said, I mean, it's a Mass Effect game, and is hopefully as we go along here, the story will be interesting. So I'm not that far into it at all. Let's see. Do we got anything? Let's see. Chris playing Plague, Inc. tonight on their live stream. You have a live stream? Great Heartland Hauling Company. I still I have owned that since it came out way back when, and I still haven't played it. 
12 Heroes, and of course, Legends of the Five Rings. Well, yes, of course. <laughs> Mike says, Are you going to be lining up at the FFG booth for the new version? <laughs> Mike says, Final Fantasy 14. Free to play up to level 35. So he's back into that. Ooh. Also, being Horizon Zero Dawn, <laughs> which he recommends. Uh, let's see. Dragon Quest Builders from Chris. Let It Die. Another one. All right. I think we're through most of it. So, guys, with that, we're going to wrap another episode. We made it. We made it through another one. Woo! I know. Can't believe it. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. Just to... Chris says, damn right, he's getting a copy at Gen Con. So that's your entire two convention. Two copies. You know you'll need two. It's an FFG card game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's like your whole one day standing in that line. <laughs> Just, I think the only thing I'll I'll uh, repeat from the beginning is, of course, that uh, we're going to do the uh, c- contest here soon. We're going to partner with the Game Crafter to do another game design contest. Jordan and I need to finalize the rules and get those out. JT and I talked about it a little bit this weekend as well. So he's pretty happy and stoked that we're going to do another contest. Again, we're doing that because our partially because our five-year anniversary is come and gone. And it's also one of the levels of Patreon, our stre- one of our kind of stretch goals or whatever you want to call them, reward levels for Patreon that eventually we'd love to do this at least once a year, have a contest that we sponsor and, and give away cash and prizes <laughs> so i think a new car nope 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 a donkey and a bale of a hay a new car car not representative of what you really get <laughs> hot wheels hot wheels <laughs> is not sponsoring this episode <laughs> <laughs> all right what kind of movie was it a kai a what uh what kai, you said it was kind of kai jewish <laughs> Please don't sue us. <laughs> didn't think ahead of that. Didn't think ahead of that. That sentence. <laughs> All right, we're we're gonna go before I get us into more trouble, and uh, not think about how I phrase things. Phrasing. So with that, we'll wrap another episode. Thanks for everybody that's hanging out with us on Mixler. You guys are awesome, of course. You are. And Hopefully, we get more people to eventually start joining us out on the Mixler chat. We're uh, worth it. Because there's a whole lot of stuff going on there while we talk, which is probably the better draw. Yes. <laughs> Make us the background noise and and hang out with your fellow listeners slash sufferers. A pleasant buzz to your intelligent <laughs> conversation. Yes. All right. So with that, I'm Jeff King. And I'm the Canadian. Thanks for listening. Thank you for checking out United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find Who, What, Why, a game design podcast. A podcast that talks about the ins and outs of game design with game designers. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.
Josh unleashed a bomb. Jeff and Jordan from coast to coast. Best of the best, the number one host. So put up your cups and toast. Cause here the end we approach. But come back for more raps. More fun, more laughs. More this, more that. Up and down the mat. Cause we geeked up. And thanks for showing love. We give up viewers thanks. With knowledge in the bank. Cause y'all are top rank. And never should be spanked. So thanks for tuning in and giving us a spin. Cause here we win, win, win. Cause that's how we always been. Well, it's been fun. It's been real. Till next time, stay chill. Stay true.